Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity Gregor. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We help you get your business off the ground and up running smoothly so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Go to wiredtochange.com to get more information on our programs. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wired to change With the number two. There you go. Today's show, we're focusing on the what in starting or growing your business. And Trinity, that's a wide net of it a question, is. isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is a super wide net. But what we're going to do is we're actually doing a what series. And what that means for you listeners out there is that we're going to be focusing on the what for our next few episodes. Um, today, we're going to start with um, my favorite topic. Yes, I do like this. <laughs> which is goal setting. Mm-hmm. So um, when we're talking about goal setting, Um, having a coaching background and being a very goal-oriented person, which I wasn't always a goal-oriented person, believe it or not. I find that hard to believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, But it's definitely something that has um, intrigued me over the years, and I've become a student of how people set and achieve goals. So that's going to be part of today's what. And one of the mistakes we all make is before we start or right after we've started a business, we look at the big number, like, I want to make $100,000 by the end of 2020. You cannot you cannot succeed just looking at that number because you'll get frustrated every day. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Dave Ramsey paying off debt, pay off the $500 loan, then go for the $2,500 Snowball one. effect. Right, and yeah. see some success. So you want to break that down into quarterly, monthly, weekly goals, whether it's number of sales calls, number of clients, revenue, all that stuff. So if you break it down that way, then you can see if you're on track. Because it's tough to just, well, um, I know I'm looking at $100,000, but I've only made 18000 and I'm 10 months in. Do you right. know why? So. Right. Yeah. Um, when I'm thinking of the what of goal setting, first, the most important piece of that is uh, clearly defining what it is that you want. So... Um, all too often, and I was doing this with my wedding planning. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I want to lose weight for the wedding because, you know, you get in a relationship, you get comfy. And just like in business, when you set a goal that's, I want to lose weight, and there's no specific what in mind, yeah. um, it needs to be specific. So it needs to be, I want to tone up, and that looks like dropping to dress sizes Mm -hmm. or a certain number of pounds or whatever it is. Same thing with business. And what you're saying is if you say, I want to make a bunch of money, but you don't have a specific target set in mind, you're never going to know what you're reaching for. So having the specific what, it needs to be measurable. So going back, I love the SMART goal setting technique. Are you familiar with that too? Yeah. Um, So it needs to be specific. It needs to be measurable. So if you have a goal and you're not able to specifically measure it, which means going back to what you were just saying, number of phone calls, um, your net profit per month, whatever it is, you need to be able to have a way to measure it. And in addition to that, not just knowing what you're measuring, but also how you're going to measure it. So I believe we touched a little bit before on how we're looking into which um, CRM we're going to be using. And that's part of us being able to measure our goals is where are we actually storing that data yeah. to make sure that we're doing what we need to be doing? Yeah. In the goals, 
there's a lot of things that go into the goals. It doesn't, most everybody thinks revenues. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to make, I started this business and I want to make X number of dollars. It includes everything. It can include, again, as we talked about number of clients, number of sales calls, number mm-hmm. of networking events each month, number of anything like that as a goal that you can measure. So you can see if I brought in $1,000 in January and I went to three networking events. In February, I went to 12 networking events and brought in $2,300. Now that's measurable, so now you kind of know where you're headed instead of looking back at two months and say I did 16 networking events, but I only brought in $3,200 of revenue. That's a completely different story. Mm And you have no idea if you've improved or not. Right. One of the things that I just jotted down here is time lag and lead time. When you're really working on setting goals, one of the things that I've recommended to clients in the past is reaching out to people that are in similar industries and knowing what is your either time lag that happens from the point that you get an initial potential client or the lead time leading up to when something is deliverable. Because... The activity that you do today is not going to yield you immediate results tomorrow if you're in a higher sales price type of industry like real estate or financial advising um, or insurance. That's something that you're not selling widgets, so there's a longer lead time. And if you're not familiar enough with your industry to know what that lead time or your time lag is, you could get really frustrated with the amount of effort you feel like you're putting Mm -hmm. in and not seeing the results, even though those results you don't realize are going to come next week or next month or six months from now. And when you first got into real estate, did somebody tell you that? And how long did it take for you to understand your cycle in in how you were selling houses? So the first time I became familiar with that was when I was working at the other company that I still don't know if I can say out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Is there paperwork somewhere? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But um, before getting into real estate, I worked in the financial services industry and I coached financial advisors. So there was already a system in place that I studied under one of the top coaches and learned that system. And then when I got into real estate, I took components of that Mm. and calculated out what the time lag was. So I was able to help my agents predict how long it was going to be from the point that they got a referral until they had a closing. And for us, the average was three months. Okay. So from the point that you get that initial client, um, it was about a three-month turnaround. And then if you're looking on the listing side, it was actually a little bit longer. So you're looking at four to five months. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Because people will start thinking about selling their home and then they need to get it ready and it's not necessarily as fast of a turnaround. And that information is gold because if you don't have that, you think you're the worst realtor in the world, don't you? Yes, all day long. And I saw it with the financial services industry because people make decisions based on when it becomes urgent or important to them, which is why once a person within their industry knows what their time lag is, they need to have some sort of follow-up system in place so they can continue to reach out to those clients. And that's what's going to help you drive to achieving those goals. And along those lines, if you are deciding to start a business, you need to define if it's business to business or business business to consumer because mm-hmm. that will dictate the differences and the timelines as well. Because if you're selling B2B, it's going to be a longer lead time. Right. You can cold call for those of us who have done B2Bs before. 
I did with a commercial cleaning company. I would go cold calling or meet somebody, and they'd have to run it through. You might get the the decision maker. You might not. You might get the office manager who just taking all the information in. Right. Then they got to have a meeting. Do they want to do it? Then they got to give the other company thirty days. And well, what if they start? We had this happen before. Well, they've started getting better. Well, uh-huh. no kidding, because you're not fired. Because <laughs> so they know that. Yes. Call me back in three months. Which one company did one this? Like, yeah, these guys aren't going to make it. But it takes longer, whereas business to consumer, especially in anything regarding the home, mm-hmm. it's personal, it's passionate, and I have company coming Friday. Mm-hmm. I need my carpets cleaned by Thursday. Yep. Or we just had a flood. Right. You have to come here now. It's much more urgent yes. when it's something that, yeah. And people are going to pull the trigger on a a smaller dollar item like that oh, yeah. faster than they are something that they need. Um, you know, the the bigger the purchase price, the longer the decision-making period of time. And it's just a matter of knowing your industry enough and going out and meeting with experts in that industry and and really picking their brain to find out what is a realistic lead time for you. Um, and by lead time, I mean um, if you have a product that you need to deliver, make sure that you're giving yourself enough lead time to get that deliverable made um and if and your time lag is the amount of time in between when you get a client and when that client actually closes so you have um you need to make sure those two things pair up and one of the great myths in small business ownership is oh i can't talk to any of my competitors when actually you can what you'll find out is they may let's go back to the financial world again Mm -hmm. a lot of these are our bni examples since we're both in that's business networking international you for financial advisors, I know in one chapter there's a guy he just wants million dollar clients and up. So if you're happy with a nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollar client, why would you not talk to this guy? Work develop a relationship and say, give me that person. Mm-hmm. You may work in two different geographic areas, and that's fine too. So then you start referring back and forth. We, my brother and I, had a pest control company that we sold to one of our competitors because we met them and we were ready to sell, and he was ready to grow. So just because they're your competitors, if you both knock in on doors in the same neighborhood and you both sell the same products, okay, you probably don't want to talk to that one. But go find another one, like you said, that's been in the business a while. It can give you a feel for, ooh, summertime plan for this, wintertime plan for this. You, do, I yeah. know the laundromat I owned in Florida, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday were busy laundry times. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I didn't pull many quarters out of there. <laughs> or many dollar bills out of there. Quarters out of the machines and dollar bills out of the change machine. And that's what it took me a few weeks to figure out in that particular location. I needed to go, I need to be there first thing Monday morning to get all the money out from the weekend. Right. So you don't, the last thing you want is somebody sticking a quarter in and your machine not working. Because it's yes. so flush with cash. Exactly. Or I'm out of quarters. Or you're out of yeah, quarters. Because I got yeah. you know, so many dollar bills in there. Yeah. But that's a, a that's a great point on learning. And please ask for help. We said this earlier. We'll say this today. We'll save this forever. This, the vast majority of successful people have asked for help. Because you don't know everything. I don't care how smart you think mm-hmm. you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. If you're new into any business, you don't know everything. So go find yeah. somebody. They'll help you. And then one day you pay it forward and help somebody back. Someone, um, a wise man once shared this article with me about the young buck. Have you heard that story? No, I have not. Um, it reminds me of us, actually. So You being the young buck? 
And me yeah. being the old guy? Yeah, kind of. Okay. And we're both wise. Okay, yeah. good. I like that. You are better looking, so it helps. <laughs> I don't um, So there was this story about this young, uh, a young buck and an old buck. And the old buck is standing out in the woods, and he looks over, and he sees this young buck just running around, making all kinds of mischief. And he thinks, man, I have all this experience, all these ways that I can make sure that this young buck thrives, but yet... He's over there messing off with his friends and never once looks over here to come and share in my wisdom. And all he wants to do is share his wisdom and all these, you know, hardships and trials and tribulations to help make this young buck's life better. And the young buck over there is playing around, but he keeps glancing back at the old buck thinking, gosh, that guy, how does he have all of those, you know, what are they called? Antlers. Antlers, you know, this guy's been around a long time and he's been the king of the forest for how many years and how the heck did he make it and they're both sitting there thinking that but if one just crossed that gap Mm -hmm. and reached out to the other there's a mutual benefit there because as we and this is why I love coaching um, I've had so many business coaches that have poured into me and I've learned from over the years and there's a lot of um, you know just internal gratification that comes from being able to turn around and share that with others. So if you are out there and you see someone who you think maybe looks too successful or, oh, I don't want to waste their time, there's no harm in asking them because that old buck would probably be flattered and super excited to be able to share their their successes and also their failures and the things that have maybe tripped them up along the way. Yeah, and as we talked about earlier, most successful people have had help, which is why they're happy to give it back. And if you, again, yes. it's how you approach people. If you just walk up and say, hey, I need your help, or hey, what about this? You develop the relationship a little mm-hmm. bit, and, and yeah, it's just the way you approach people in general. But they're willing to help, so there's plenty of people out there willing to help you. Um, and it's your it's in your best interest to go find them and ask them honestly for some help. So back to our SMART goals, because this is one of those things that I love and think is incredibly important. So if you're taking notes, take notes. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and the one that I find most important Mm -hmm. is time. When are you going to have it done by? Yeah. And as with anything, when you're setting a goal – in figuring out what it is that you want to achieve, knowing when you want to have that achieved by is super important. Also is really important is being flexible because the death knell is when you beat yourself up because the target might change. Oh, does all the time. All the time, all the time. So having a minor setback might not necessarily be the setback that you think it is as long as you continue with your activities. Mm -hmm. The time part of that's interesting because it's not necessarily always about revenue. It could be, when's my website ready to go because you own a retail business? Right. And people can buy off that. So that's yep. when we talk about time, There's most of those things are not revenue. They're not, I don't say they're not revenue related because everything is, but they're steps on all that to get done. There needs to be things in order to get done, to get to the point where you can be, you know, profitable. Yes. Yes. And, and, and yeah. And moving as fast as you can, as swift as you can. Yes. And even a realistic setting, a realistic goal of when it makes sense to become profitable because it takes money to make money. Mm-hmm. Mike and I, before we got on air or recorded or whatever, 
before the show, pre-show, pre-show, the we were talking about we were talking about yeah. cash flow and our business yeah. cash flow analysis and all these things. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to analyze and figure out at what point does it make sense that you're going to be turning a profit. And again, cannot express enough how important it is to really learn and know your industry. Um, fortunately, we're in an industry where there is a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people to learn from for both the positive and negative. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in an industry that hasn't been around before, because there are lots of entrepreneurs out there that are blazing all sorts of new trails, then I would highly encourage you to look to something that's either similar or compile a bunch of data from multiple industries and then start keeping track and forming your own analysis. There's a lot that goes into this, and we keep talking about that. You've got to do your homework. We hear stories about people, oh, well, I read some stuff online, and they said this was the industry that was best to start a job business in. you really going to wake up and be fired up about that. Right. I, I don't think so. I <laughs> It, so the research to do on, again, you want to wake up every day wanting to do this, but the research on the industry is so important. If you build a self-serve car wash, where are you going to build it? What street corner are you going to build it on? Ooh, that's expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, most cars go by there. So, I mean, all kinds of things like that. If you are a landscaping business, what kind of machines can I start with or what do I need to start with? Where are you going to spend the money? You want to spend it up front, get the right machine and grow into the right machine or buy something that's 75% of what you need. And then in two months, if you take off, well, okay, that was wasted because now I've got to go buy a brand new one. Right. That reminds me of um, one of our favorite carpet cleaners did a great B&I 10-minute about the value of investing up front and mm-hmm. really great yes. and great. Um, carpet cleaners and how and now he's so busy he's crushing it he's doing fantastic and I'm pretty sure if he was sitting here with us right now he would say he was incredibly grateful that he invested Mm -hmm. in better equipment up front sometimes you have to be in the mindset if you make the decision as if you're already there if I'm if I'm where I want to be what piece of machinery would I buy you obviously don't. If you don't have $100,000, you can't buy that. But I think most people know what we mean, that if it's a $1,200 piece of carpet cleaning equipment and a $2,100 piece of a car- carpet cleaning equipment, it's $900 difference, but that $2,100 piece of equipment can do more things so you can charge higher things, make your money back quicker. So you buy it as if you're already there. You may not need that except for once a week mm-hmm. for right now. But once people know you have that, And again, another common thing we talk about is let people know how you're different from your competitors. If you have that new piece of machinery to clean carpet, which is quicker and better, you're going to get people's attentions in the right neighborhoods because they're going to want that. They can afford to do that, and they're going to want that. Anything else that you could think about that you want to add on to my love of SMART goals? Two things here, folks. I just you, opened you, a can of worms, didn't you, I? You have, well, it here's <laughs> yeah. you have to, a good but, can of worms. Yes, but here again, you have to acknowledge what you're not good at, and you have to acknowledge what you don't want to do. And they they can be different; they can be the same mm-hmm. depending on what it is. It's most people are really good at writing stuff down. Not everybody's good about looking back at that sheet four days later, like, oh, I was supposed to did that, done that on Tuesday. 
ooh, it's Thursday. I wonder if I, and then all of a sudden you're, the, there's a story. We had a manager when I was working at uh, AMF Bowling over in Durham. Larry would come in, and he was the regional manager. Good dude. And helped us a bunch of years in the bowling industry. And he was telling a story one day where if a ship leaves port and slowly gets off course, just little by little each half day, and after two days you notice it, it's easier to correct. Mm-hmm. But if you don't notice that till three weeks out, you're way off course. It's going to be tough to correct. Yeah, you're in Jamaica. Right. The point of this is you, if you're not good at following that, a spouse, a sibling, a partner, something to keep you on track, because you may be the idea person, and they're the nuts and bolts person. Right. And that's great, because my wife and I, the best way I can explain people to us is I'm the gas, and she's the brakes. Because I fly at 10,000 feet, she flies at 1,000 feet, uh-huh. and sometimes I bring her up to me to show her things, and sometimes she brings me down on the ground to show me things, and you have to have that. And yep. rarely is somebody good at both. Yeah. I applaud you if you are. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to write it down, you got to follow it. There's a reason yeah. for the plan, and you got to follow it no matter what it is, if it's daily, weekly, monthly. If you follow that, chances are you got a better chance of being successful. Yeah, I don't know the exact statistic on it, but goals that are written down mm. are achieved. More often than not, if you have it written down, you're going to be more aware of it. But it's also going back and looking at it and reviewing and knowing what that goal is. And then being um, honest and vulnerable enough to share that. I was talking yeah. with my sister-in-law today and she's very fortunate that she gets a lot of free coaching from me because she's my <laughs> the sister-in-law the yes Lindsay. yeah and yeah. she just started her real estate career in michigan so as she is getting going it has been so much fun because i'm looking at her going oh <laughs> i remember those days but don't she's, do this right? she's in a training class right now and i won't mention the name of the company but they're very well known for their training. I'm using air oh, quotes. Yes. And I do not necessarily agree with some of the things that they're telling her to do. So she called me and was asking questions about they, you know, they set they set the goals for her. And I'm looking at my smart goals and you know, I, I asked her, do you think that these things they're asking you to do are achievable? And she was like, No, I don't want to do them. I'm like, well then you're you're going after the wrong goal. Yeah. Because if it's something that right out the gate you have a zero desire to do and it makes you feel icky, then even if you suck it up and force yourself to do it, you're never going to get the maximum result from it because you're not enjoying it whatsoever. Right. So, yes, are there things in business that we have to do that feel icky? All the time. But if the number one component of how you're going after your leads or trying to get your business, there are different ways to go after it that will feel more genuine. And we were able to talk through and help her come up with a plan of how she was going to be able to reach out to these contacts and talk with them and provide value in such a manner that she no longer felt icky about it. Small business ownership is not for everybody, but if you are wired to do it, it's a wonderful thing. It's not easy. If you work for a company and you have a nine-to-five job and you're not happy, you can always come home at 5 o'clock and not have to do any more work that night. Just Mm -hmm. come home, do whatever you want to, forget about the day however you want to, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. You're still going to go to a job you're not happy with, but you don't have to bring it home with you usually. 
as a small business owner, it is your life. It is 24-7. If you are, we go back to the landscaper. If your business Mm -hmm. is growing and you're cutting grass all day long, you get home in the summertime at 8 o'clock because you cut till you can't see anymore. Oh, I still got to do bills. I've got to do payroll. I've got to do this. And you're you're sweating to death. You're beat. Hadn't had enough water, all that stuff. You need to be prepared for that, whether you're in a service business or not. Mm-hmm. You need to be prepared for that. But it's just, it's got to be. So I'm glad that you're able to share that with your sister-in-law because it's not. You, again, you got to figure out what you don't want to do and find somebody to help you do that. Because I know you have that in your real estate business. There's some things you just, of course, the way you're set up, a lot of things you don't get at just the way the team is set up because you're kind of flying a little higher, Right. Yeah. To a point. You still touch every client. Let me say I that. Do. Right. Every client, yes. which is important. But I know my strengths yeah. and I know my weaknesses. Yeah. And yes, can I do all the paperwork? Absolutely. Should I do all the paperwork? No. Absolutely not. One, as you've mentioned, I really get a little too mired down in the details. So it would take me five times as long because I would, oh, I would, I, st- like. I would be like, Oh, let's send this attorney. I don't like the way this is worded. Like what, yeah. why would I ever need to go down that rabbit hole? So, so yes, I have a team that allows me to stay in my best element, which is business planning and business development. And if I'm the one that is leading the charge and out talking with people and getting clients and bringing them in the door and converting those clients, that's the highest and best use of my time within my real estate practice. Same thing um, with our coaching practice. There's certain things within the coaching business, like the actual business that Mike and I run, that we're both uniquely um, meant to do. Mm -hmm. One is working directly with our clients, which we love, Um, meeting with and talking with other coaches and helping to figure out where our clients need to go because not every client that is referred to us or comes to us is necessarily a great fit for our model. But we have a big bench of great coaches that cover, gosh, pretty much anything from... Oh, yeah. From women's empowerment to, um, you know, I have a coach that does... Um, teaches people how to work within the LGBTQX, mm-hmm. I don't even know all the lingo, within yeah. the, um, the LBGT community. And then we have another coach that works with horses. Yeah. So, you know, we have the, it runs the gamut. But if we were the ones like, thank God for Becky doing our books, because <laughs> if I had to do that no. after doing this all day, and, I'd probably lose my mind. And you don't want me doing that. No, definitely yeah. not. I know in uh, a previous life, I ran two facilities, and I had uh, Gloria at one and Teresa at the other, and without them, because they did all the details while I could go talk to people, mm-hmm. do the marketing, do the sales on the floor, meet the people coming into both of these facilities and all that, um, I, I wouldn't yeah. have been, it would have been a waste of my time, and they didn't want to do what I did. And I was good at what I did, and they were good at what they did, so it just made sense, and they made me look good. Yep. But you got, I rewarded them, and I thanked them and every chance I could, they, but they made me a better GM at those facilities by doing what they do. So you have to go find somebody that's good at what you don't want to do, and the minute you can admit that, your company just got better. It did. So what would you recommend for people who set a big goal they're super fired up about it. How would you recommend to them that they don't get tunnel vision and forget about the other things that are important in life? 
that sigh. We are all guilty of this. We are. Uh-huh. Uh, you are a lover of spreadsheets and the queen of spreadsheets, and I am one of those. I have a dry erase board at home. Mm-hmm. Me That's too. That's the easiest thing for me. In some businesses on the walls, that that is the wall. You can write on the wall and wipe it off. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it. I'm not a... Dry erase. Yeah, wall. but not wall, yeah. 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 For lack of a better word, that's it. But get something like that where you can put all of you. I have to see all of my thoughts. It's difficult for me to pull up an Excel spreadsheet in little tiny columns and read everything. But if I write them on a dry erase board or a flip chart, then I can see all those things going on at once, and that's mm-hmm. what works best for me. i got to see it all, and then I can figure out, okay, this... I forgot about that. Okay, I'm good on this till next week. So that's taken care of and do it that way. But I know you love spreadsheets and you can have 14 tabs open at once on your computer. And it just comes down to how you're wired. But you've got to acknowledge that and say, I don't do this well. I have a bunch of beautiful spreadsheets on my computer and I don't look at them awful enough, as, long, as often, often enough as, as I should. should. But I see my dry erase board every day because it's right next to my printer. So do you book time for, for Becky and the family? Yes. Do you have that time blocked? Okay. Yeah, my day as I get older, <laughs> what I've found is my creative wheelhouse. I was totally going to give a dig and be like, your day, Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> there is an app involved. Totally, totally uh, teasing you. I get up. It's uh, very much deserved. So my my creative wheelhouse is 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. I get up mm-hmm. at 5 o'clock. I go for a walk. I listen to podcasts. I, I'm walking, and I stop and pull out my phone and jot a note down and, and stuff like that. And I come home, and I do that. Then I'll go to a meeting or two. I'll come home, do some stuff. I'll grab it. I love a 20-minute power nap. And then that allows me to go to about 8 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And then I, my body just, my creative process just shuts down. And when I don't care anymore, that tells me, okay, I'm done. It's time. And then we'll go to the pool, neighborhood pool, or or do something. But that's how I've learned to structure my day to figure out when am I making my best decisions mm-hmm. and when am I coming up with my best ideas. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Yep. But I love a good 20-minute power nap. There's nothing wrong with that. Ugh. I am a big fan of the power nap. Yep. Yeah, uh, but you and I are v- wired very similarly. We both love our early mornings. Yeah, and I don't know why everybody else doesn't. I just I get pushed back on that, but I still don't get it. <laughs> there's something magical about being able to get a bunch of stuff done and thinking done without oh, yeah. interruptions. Yep. Because no one's well. You haven't clogged your brain yet with TV, computer, right. and radio, exactly. and phone, and all that One stuff. One of yeah. the best uh, pieces of advice I got from a an article was about how, um, I think it was Steve Jobs, or maybe it wasn't. Who's the guy, the, um, my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, Vir- um, Virgin Records guy. Oh, Richard, Sir Richard Branson. Yes. yes. Sir Richard Branson said that when he wakes up, he doesn't turn on any of his electronics, mm-hmm. like no checking your email in bed, no, and my productivity doubled, tripled, quadrupled by waking up and just being present in myself and getting myself mentally ready, listening to my podcast, listening to some NPR, um, exercising in the morning. (laughs) I love how you just shuddered. Um, Whatever it is you like to listen to, sports radio. I do like uh, the Saturday show when I was living in Daytona. I had an early had a standing 7 a.m. golf game, and we were the first ones off, so we played fast, and I was on my way home by 10.30. 
uh, that Saturday after Saturday morning show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell. I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I've yes. not seen it. I've not heard it in a while. But yes. the host of that, if he's still doing it, that guy is A plus as yes. a host. He's good. He's smooth. He's witty. Love that show. Yeah, they get the best guests. On they that do. Show. Oh, they get almost anybody they want. Yeah, yeah. so that's so a good, good show. But I was I've not listened to that in years because I've not had a ten thirty. Yeah. you know, no golf game on Saturday. Um, morning, so, so one of the things that we had written on our notes was to remember that when setting realistic goals, to make sure that you carve out that time for your mm. for your life, for your family, for mental and physical health. Yep. Right, because. Is, as important as our businesses are, it, it is very, and this is where I'm going to start sounding all hippy-dippy. I'm wearing a long, flowy skirt today. Your business is only as healthy as your personal life. Yes. And you can steal time from one or the other at given times, but mm-hmm. it can't be forever. Otherwise, it will drive you to an early grave. Yeah. So figuring out and communicating so Right now, as we're growing our second business, because I have a full-time real estate practice, we have our full-time coaching practice, and Scott knows, that's my fiancé, that this is not forever. Right. Right, and and I'm very clear with him as to how much time I'm borrowing from our life currently that he's going to get back tenfold two, three years from now. Yes, yeah. And if you have kids kid or kids, Mm -hmm. and you know every Tuesday they've got a little league baseball game at either 6.30 or 7.30, and you know every Saturday morning they have a game at 10 or 11.30, don't schedule a client. Tell them you're booked. You're booked. You don't have to tell them anything else. Just say, oh, I'm booked, Mm -hmm. or I have a standing appointment on Tuesday nights. You don't have to go into detail. A lot of people have regular clients, regular meetings, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's no red flag or anything. Don't do it because you don't want to... You don't want to get older and go, man, I wish I'd have cut more lawns. You right. want to say, ah, I missed, you know, I only got to two of the baseball games this year. So you need that balance. You're going to feel better, uh, especially if you have kids, nothing better than them knowing you're there. So right. just block that out. And during Little League baseball season or Little League gymnastics or whatever it is, Saturday till 1 at 1 p.m., I don't do any work. I'm with the family. And then you work the rest of the day. You work late. You can work late Friday night if you want to. But just block that out. You, you're right. You need that balance. You've got to have that balance because it'll it will test you one day. And if you have stuff in the tank, uh, you'll be good to go. Yeah, I feel like this what topic is something that, like you said, casts such a wide net. So mm-hmm. I would love to know for all of our fans what topics they would like to hear. So you can definitely find us online. We are on the interwebs. We are on the LinkedIn. We are on the Facebook. The we are face on chat, the, the whatever. The, what did Belichick call it one day? Yeah. I'm yes. working on getting Mike on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, I, I am did on that Snapchat. Today. You did. You I snapped. Did it, I did it horribly because I I look at the screen and not the camera. Mm. So I, I got it with my bifocal glasses. It's like my chin's awful. And I had to go through four things. And I yelled at my phone, and Cameron yelled at me. And on the fifth time, I got it right, so he posted it today. And, but, yeah. and Cameron is um, one of our business associates. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, awesome. I'm learning that. If anyone but. needs some social media <laughs> help, Cameron yeah. is the jam. Um, but, yeah, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on what you want us to talk about, questions you have. You can uh, hit us up on social media at wired to change 
Uh, you can go to our website. And you can also email us at info at wiredtochange.com. We do respond to emails. You will hear back from us, <laughs> and we love the specific questions. Any kind of feedback on the show is always helpful. So we will talk to you next time on Wired to Change.